All right, huddle up, huddle up. We're gonna crank these engines up on one, on one. All right. Wait, did he? What is it? Drivers, start your engines. This is the finish line. I approached a great offensive lineman in the past. Larry Little, Dwight Stevenson, Jim Langer, all Hall of Famers, and Richmond Webb belongs to that same group. Here are your hosts, legendary Miami Dolphins left tackle Richmond Webb, Reason, and Mr. Ballgame. What is good, Fin Nation? What's good? It's your boy, Reason, and we are back here for another one as I am joined by my beautiful co-hosts, the legendary Richmond Webb, who's fading into his background slowly but surely, week by week. One day he's just going to be gone, and he's just going to say, are you ready for some football? But we'll hear his voice. And Mr. Ballgame. No comments as of tonight. <laughs> the man who's flexing on all y'all. What's going on, boys? Um, third loss in a row. It's felt like it's been forever since we've had a victory Monday. Let's be honest with ourselves. Hey, but it's not for lack of chances to have victory Mondays off the games are coming in. I mean, we can say what we want. Every game has ended, you know, with the guy with the with the last three games have ended with the quarterback who didn't prepare to be the starter that week finishing the game being that being the starter throughout the game and it hasn't worked out for Skyler or Teddy now in all fairness to Skyler um especially after watching the film that kid was cooking in that first quarter until it, you know his own teammates negated a bunch of plays and man Skyler is just I love the kids I've said it since we, I love the kids ceiling in the in this offense and him into his ceiling how you feeling boys it's three losses in a row you know Bills Jets and Patriots fans are basking in the glory of our losses and bathing in our tears of sorrow but it's a clean slate there's 11 games remaining and we are entering a five game stretch that is very very winnable with a healthy Tua Tungabaloa. How y'all feeling going into prime time this weekend, boys? I uh, oh, go ahead, ball game. I always start. You start whoa, it. Whoa, whoa, ball game yeah. throwing the curves tonight, eh? Drop, drop that knowledge, hey. ball game. Come on with it. Come on. With I would it. um, I, I would venture to thank you, Richmond. I would venture to say that um, under the circumstances, um, I think there's a lot of positives that can be taken away from these last three games. Although we lost the games, I. I, I still see a team that's not giving up on each other, right? And I still see a bunch of guys that are rallying around guys that we didn't expect to be in key leadership positions, especially at the quarterback spot. Um, and although it hasn't produced wins for us, you know, this says a lot about the character of the guys that we have um, on the team. You know, there's, there's always little things that you want as a coach. There's always things you want to see your guys do. And the biggest one is probably compete to the end, regardless of what circumstances are in front of you. And they've done that. Um, I was very impressed with what I saw from Skyler. I do like the fact that <laughs> he was spinning that thing, man. Um, but it's unfortunate that we still fell victim to our own miscues and um, our own lack of being able to be professionals at positions that are key for the success of this offense. Um, the offensive line is still struggling. Um they, there's just so much stuff going on, and it, you, you can you can identify right now. It's a, it's a couple guys, not the entire group, but it's a couple guys. Key things and key moments that just tell you right off the bat that they're just not ready, and this is not the group that we need to have out there going forward. But um, I was hoping for four and two. They gave me three and three. Um, now that just means that the next eleven are that much more crucial, and they put more pressure on themselves. So at this point now. You gotta go eight and three. 
like like seven and four might not get you in the playoffs. No, I want no. y'all to think about that. You gotta win eight. They gotta win eight. That's the number. That's the target number. Now you gotta win eight of the next eleven. All you have to do is win one, one more out of the yes. three he yes. was out. And hey, seven out of the last eleven, seven and four. Yeah. That I know eight and three. There's only one game, but that's a vast like. Right. Whoo. The talent in the AFC, man, um, I think is grossly um, underestimated in terms of how close a lot of these teams really are, and it's going to be a dogfight. So every game is that much more crucial, and losing three in a row the way we did doesn't generally bode well for team confidence, but I think these guys, I mean, I talked to my son earlier, and he was talking about, you know, um, Uno, stretched for like two minutes and got up and started throwing the ball with Mike Gesicki. He was like, don't disgrace, let's get to work type of deal. So yeah. that energized everybody. So, you know. Um, I think he cooks this. I honestly think he cooks this weekend, bro. Yeah, man. I think it's going uh, yeah, to be remarkable um, in terms of how he goes about executing his game plan against, you know, Pittsburgh. Everybody else got to come do what they do. Tyrese will show up. Waddle will show up. Yeah, I really do hate. I'm gonna say this now. I think it's I think it's really really low low budget and very very unprofessional in regards to how people can call themselves fan, but then they want to go and dog this kid for trying to put everything he had into the waddles. Yeah, man, it's just horrible, bro. Oh, bro, I, like people have been turning on Waddle and have been calling for Mike McDaniel's job. Yet, yeah, crazy, I, when we we're three and zero against tough teams, I mean, all of y'all were were loving his life. And I mean, hey, sure, did we beat up a banged up Bills and did we beat up a banged up Ravens? Sure, but were they missing Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen like we were missing nope. to a of Aloha? So nope. it's not even comparable to me. Like, did you know? Like, go this man McDaniel has lost, you know. His QB1, mm-hmm. right? CB1 has been in out of the lineup. CB2 hasn't even suited up. CB3, CB3 just tore his Achilles. CB4 didn't even enter the regular season because Trill got hurt. CB5 has dealing with an oblique injury, Kadir Kahoo. LT1's been in out of the lineup. Um, RT2, RT1's been out of the lineup since week two, right? Yeah. Like, well, like, think of these. These are major, major losses. Like, listen, hey, the Bills could make it do without Tredavious White. They yeah, had Josh, Josh Allen, Allen. And, and, you know, we could make do without Byron Jones. We proved that. We went 3-0 and because we had we Tua. We had Tua, yeah. But now look at everything's collapsing around. Like, dude, this is – okay, I know we all want to see – you know, everyone is talking about, hey, let's see what McDaniels made of an adversity and a losing streak. But this isn't just a losing streak. These are – at least have a fighting chance. These are, yeah, key injuries. And, like, Skyler's getting – look at. Every quarterback on this roster has now, other than Reed Sinek, because he hasn't dressed up, has been hurt behind this offensive line. Yep. I'm just saying. So, and hey, I know Skyler had injury issues at Kansas State, but I mean, are we going to go call him his first official start? He got injured and taken out. Are we going to start calling him injury prone now? Is everyone? It's not these guys are injury prone. It's they're prone to injury behind that offensive line. That's right. exactly the wording you people need to use. Yeah, it's all about right? context because yeah, they go in healthy, they come out banged up because he's got like I. I've never said this. Like well, I have, I have said some crash things about some players, but I don't want to see Eichenberg the rest of the. He's year. terrible, and I, I saw people on social media trying to justify him. Come on. They're showing the one stunt he picked up when he's missing two or three a game weekly. What are we saying right now? Lee Leichenberg is not a starting caliber left guard. He does not have the anchor. He does not have the feet. He's not athletic enough. His arms are too short. He's like a T-Rex. It's a disaster. I thought thought Jackson was bad, but it... it, Jackson's salvageable in this scheme. This guy is not. Yeah, it was bad, bro. Sorry, man. Eichenberg is not a starter, bro. And, hey... Even Hunt's regressing. Which makes it even crazier, man. It's like, is it something you wish for now, early, as opposed to late, though? Maybe they get it back there. Maybe he gets his head back together. Or is he missing Jackson that much? I, I don't know, but this is what I want to say to you, boys, especially to Richmond. Richmond, one of my um, one of my friends in the in this industry, his name is Matt, Matt Valdivinos. He covers the Commanders, and he, he was a five-star prospect offensive lineman until he tore his knee up in high school. 
um, in, his, in, his, in his in the, the his senior year, right? And he so he he says to me, you know, if you lose two or three reps, you've lost the game. Like he, he you know, like that that was his whole motto. He's like, you know, you're only out there for what you know, fifty to sixty reps at max. If you lose three of those, he's like, you've lost the game because those could turn into sacks. Those can, you know, he's very hard on himself. And I know a player like you is probably very hard on himself. So like when I look at people trying to find Liam Eikenberg's one or two plays in a game, but there's a way more plethora of bad plays. Make it make sense, Richmond. I mean, you're watching the same guy we're watching. Come on, man. This guy, I know you've been around guys that are, that have been elite and that have played at that the highest level. This guy's just not ready, bro. Like this guy is just, he's going to get someone hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's something we can't afford right now. And, you know, that's the thing I was thinking about. And I can even think back to when we were doing our season picks and our predictions for the season, you know, um, and a lot of people on that panel, concern was the offensive line you know that was one of my concerns but then even bringing in a guy like Teron Olmstead it was several guys on that panel that did believe he could play you know a 17 game season they said if we can get 12 games out of him that'll be good and he's already missed what two or one and a half and um, with the way the quarterback situation I mean I, I don't think anybody else any other team in this league has had to deal with what we had to deal with. And you put it, uh, you know, like Teddy gets the Jets first play gets hurt. We go with Skyler. Then we get Skyler. Then he gets hurt uh, against Minnesota. We got to go back to Teddy. So it's just been musical chairs. And even with Tua coming back this week, you know, I'm happy about that. But at the same time, you know, I would be telling him if I'm coach McDaniel, whatever, Hey, and he does a great job going through his progressions, but sometimes I think Tua will hold the ball trying to make a play down the field. And sometimes, just depending on what the score is in the game or whatever, sometimes it's better to just throw it away, you know, don't don't turn the ball over, but throw it away and say, hey, we, we got a good enough defense where we can come back this net, but don't take see another play. Yeah, don't don't take unnecessary hits, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, yeah, Let's just yeah. play a little bit more smarter and a little bit more precautious because until we get this line fixed, um, it, it's definitely a concern for me. Um, That's something they talked about today in the pressers. Um, to uh, to have brought it up about how that you know how that's not natural for him because he's just trying to always make a play and that how it is now some McDaniel mentioned it too it's going to be something they're working on a, a trait they're going to try and and change like just live to see another day like you you you, you got to understand. You know, and, and you learn this when you play the position, you know, even, you know, you know, at a house league level at a young age, got to protect yourself, man. Like you have to protect, especially with you look at our, especially when you, you, we now know how much it's crazy. Yes. I know people want to say, Hey, this hurts them because it looks at the best available, the best of the best ability is availability. But on the flip side, this has actually helped them and showed how much, he means to this team, <laughs> this offense, like, and, and like th- he is the cog that turns the wheels in a sense here. I mean, he is the distributor. Um, like, you know, it's just not the same with him. The energy level is not the same. Nothing's the same, you know? Um, so, I mean, we'll see him this weekend, but let's, let's start off with this Viking game guys. So ugly, um, especially that drive where, you know, Skyler kept getting us inside the 10 and we just kept taking penalties. We took a total of I believe five penalties on that drive. Skyler was doing his damnedest. And I was so mad that our defense was, you know, we came into the lead into that game, bottom three in the league and three and outs and Skyler's working his ass off and our defense is busting their ass and that offensive line. And people tried to, Oh, they're undisciplined against McDaniel. Connor Williams has been in the league for how long? Why is he ineligible down the field? Is that McDaniel? Is McDaniel the one that is, is using improper technique and getting beat. So he has to resort to holding guys like Liam. I mean, is that McDaniel, you know? No. Okay. Robert Hunt had a false start. Sure. Let's talk about that one. If you want to say that, okay, that comes down to cadence and coaching and all that jazz. Okay. So, okay. Let's have a talk about that. But you know, some of these were guys, I mean, we got an offensive pass interference on Ingold. 
right? We got Sherfield got called for uh, what? What was he called for again? Up along that was that that well, that blocky lady got called too for something. Anyways, my whole point is, you can say what you want, and, and this is what I wanted to say, boys. And I said it on Finside the NFL. Why are we just looking at Mike McDaniel? Don't we have positional coaches for a reason? Don't we have coordinators for a reason? Yeah, like, why is no one talking about Matt 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 Applebaum? You want to talk about undisciplined? This is his first year coaching in the NFL at the NFL level to this extent, and he's getting undisciplined players. I mean, I'd look at Matt Applebaum. I wouldn't be looking at Mike McDaniel. Why'd you keep Lemuel Jean Pierre on the staff when we saw what we got last year? You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's. Let's have a good conversation, boys. Again, another yeah. week, another week, another week. Nothing from our special teams. Mm-hmm. Danny Crossman's been here for how many years now? Is that on McDaniel? Or is that on Crossman? Ah, uh, that's that's not on the that's not on Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think the thing that's disturbing for me is um, you're at home. It's not like you're on the road. You're not dealing with crowd noise. You're not in a hostile environment. You're at home, and you get on the other side of the field where you're heading into the red zone, go zone, whatever you call it, you know, 30 yards in or 20 yards in or whatever. And I think we all know, as Ball King can attest to, you, you're playing with a much shorter field, and the defense knows it, and so they're going to tighten down. But the, the last thing you want to do is get in field goal position and then make consecutive penalties after penalty after penalty and take yourself out of a scoring position. I think that I think that was the thing that was frustrating for me. It was like consecutive penalties, and I was like, man, we got to stop doing things to beat ourselves. I mean, it's, it's hard enough to just get down in the red zone or whatever, but then to get down there, get in the opportunity where we have actually to get three points, six points, or whatever. That helps keep momentum going, this and that. And then to revert back, and then penalty after penalty and penalty, we almost back at the fifty yard line. That's you don't expect that out of a professional football team, and you don't expect that out of um, uh, a team that's playing at home. So I, I think that's not really so much a coaching thing. I think guys have got to be able to, if you make a mistake, that's fine, but you got to be able to recover from that, put that out your mind, and get ready for the next play. But when it just Contingent happens like that, you know, it doesn't do you any good to feel sorry for yourself. Everybody makes mistakes, but if you keep dwelling on it, one mistake to turn to two, two to four, and and, and like you say with your buddy that was a five star uh, lineman that his knee out or whatever, it'll it'll just it'll start a domino effect, and you'll go in the hole, and next thing you know, you're going to tank, and it'll even start carrying over from one game to the other one. So. Your mindset is definitely important. You know, you got to focus on your technique. You know the plays, settle down and, and play football. But don't continuously do things to hurt the team to where you're taking points off the boards. It's just not smart football these days. Yeah, I don't think – I don't think at this point right now, man, these guys um, had any real faith in – any, any anybody other than Uno, but they at least try, you know. And then to have, um, who was it said it? Somebody made a statement and said you can't win. Oh, X said it. You can't win games if your offense ain't scoring. I mean, that's pretty much putting it right back into the other side and saying, "Y'all got it. Hey, we we gonna try to hold up as best we can over here, guys. But we need some help from y'all." Yeah, and it all comes down to a lack of execution. See it? That, like that's what it's coming down to. I know people were trying to spin that and at, say, "Oh, they're they're calling out." He's calling out McDaniel. He's not calling out McDaniel. McDaniel. Like, look at the play, some of those play designs, the play calling at points. Like, it was good. The execution is what seriously lacked, especially at moments yeah. under Teddy Bridgewater. That's like when I saw people trying to spin that into a Mike McDaniel thing. I'm like, oh, here we go. Here, here's the nonsense, and that's not even what it's about, man. So, people need to relax on on that. Um. All right. So, end of the day, um, you know, it was a 24-16 loss. You know, it's crazy, boys. And actually, I haven't mentioned this yet. If you go back to my pre- uh, my Friday night preview show, 
I predicted the score down to the point. Yeah, wow. I, I didn't. I, I realized it on Sunday night. Like I was sitting there with my wife. I said, "Hold on a second. It just clicked, and I looked, at, and I went back and checked the preview show, and I was like, "Oh damn! I called this one right down to the score." So because wow. I do the preview show on Inside the NFL on Friday, so right. yeah, twenty four sixteen wasn't pretty. The frustrating thing, like the the Jets game and like the Bengals game, is there were chances. I mean, that defense was forcing three and outs. We kept them at 10 and three, and it really, the wheels fell off with the Jalen Waddle fumble when he was trying to do too much. And then we followed that up with the interception. interception. Yeah. Um, you know, we got over the early interception, uh, you know, early on, but that, that late interception and that late fumble really, really broke our back. Like, Teddy you know, Batman over Bane's knee, right? You know, so, um, and, and again, guys, now, Jason Sanders in the last two years is two for nine from field goals of 50 plus yards. Two for nine. Gotta be mental now. Uh, you know what it's gotta be? It's gotta be, uh, there's the bus ticket, bud. There's uh, call him an Uber, get it here quicker. So, appreciate you, um, sir. Yeah, thank you very much, sir. Um, you know, and I, I think there's going to be sweeping changes to special teams this offseason. I really do. I think Crossman's going to be out. I can already, guys, we're getting nothing from the return. We're not shifting field position at all. We're six games in. Do we have a return on a punt of over 10, 15 yards? Nope. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Ugly stuff. Um, continuing on though. Um, oh. I, I honestly I, – I, I can't believe we're on a three-game losing streak right now. Um, so I'm going to ask you guys this. I know it's a small sample size, and then when we had the long – the big sample size, it was a, a not his install, not his game plan. Is Skylar Thompson QB2 or is Teddy Bridgewater QB2 at this point? Because, hey, they kind of they kind of tipped their hat to not only how much it means that – the quarterback is able to practice all week to run the installs and the game plan, but also it seemed like they believed in sky a little bit more. What are you guys thoughts? Who's QB two right now? Like if who in your mind, if you play the coach role, who is your quarterback to right now? I think we've gotten more production out of uh, Skyler than we have um, Teddy at this point. I mean, if you just look at stats and, the amount of times you know he's played and then you know he's been efficient you know even in the jet game for him to come in and not really get many reps and to play the way he played sure he made some mistakes and stuff like that but um um i think he's playing decent enough like you said we were getting in the red zone it was just we were we were beating ourselves with mental errors penalties whatever until you know he had to go out with his hand so uh, if you're just doing it based on production, performance, or whatever, for me, it would probably be Scholar at this point. And the other thing is, hopefully, he can just sit there and hold a clipboard and we can keep Tua healthy because if we can keep yeah. him healthy, it gives us, it is a huge We're drop contender. off. I, yeah. I, think, I, think, I think that's what a lot of people understand. Like you said, a lot of people, they get frustrated. They want to blame the coach. They want to do this and that. And, and sometimes you got to just look back and say, you know, time out take a deep breath and say, okay, what's really the issue here? Um, like you said, I, I think the play calling and stuff has been good. This and that. It's just come down to execution. And if you don't, um, if you don't execute, it doesn't matter what he calls or how well they do it. <laughs> it ain't going to work. It's just that simple. So, yeah, I would say Skyler at this point, just based off production, what we got out of it. Yeah, I think for me, man, it, it, it comes down to who could come in and at least provide some energy for this group. And it, Bridgewater just seems flat to me. And yeah, he seems checked like, out. Yeah, he's just like collecting a check at this point. Yeah, he's already coaching in Northwestern mentally. But Skyler, on the other hand, is out there, you know what I'm saying, talking to yeah. guys, moving around like he really wants to be Making there. plays with his Making legs. Plays. Yeah, all of the things that you want a guy to be doing to energize the group. So for me, yeah, he's definitely moved himself up the, um, the depth chart. I mean, I, I, they can tell me Teddy going tomorrow and I ain't going to miss him. Well, let me ask you this, guys. Like, I know he finished with 329 passing yards. 
Like, isn't that the most hollow 329 yards you can remember? Like, it all came in the fourth when they were playing soft on us. Remember, for like the third, for like the first three quarters, he was like hovering around like 100 yards. They right. were like totally just shutting him down. Like, I mean, it's just Bridgewater, just the offense felt really stagnant under him. Like, you know, anyone could have got those garbage time yards, but like, you look at Skyler, it's the first quarter tight game, and he was moving the football and giving us a chance to put points on the board. You know what I mean? He got us inside the 10 twice, and both times on the same drive, we, we shot ourselves in the foot with penalties, right? So, um, okay, the offensive line has now gotten every quarterback injured, but on top of that, guys, Greg Little right now leads the league in pressures allowed. Eichenberg, I believe, is seventh in pressures allowed. Um, Greg Little has clearly not been the same since he injured his hand. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about Hunt regressing ball game. Mm-hmm. You don't think maybe that's a product of how bad Little's been since he injured his hand? Because lot- we weren't yeah. noticing Hunt struggling before Little mm-hmm. fell off the cliff with his play, right? Right. Yeah, I so, think a lot of it has to do with. I mean, I. Mean, I- I mean, we're going to test this, right? You know, tackles, tackles are tackles are pretty much, um, you know, they're independent. You know, what I mean, to some degree, you know, what I mean, Espe- well, unless you're doing stuff that's inside inside them in their gaps. But overall, they have they have they have to deal with a different level of um, threat around the edge. But the guys that are playing inside, man, they 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 they're really left vulnerable a lot of times. Well, they have to help the guy next to him a lot. And then when the guy that's next to you, if he's struggling like a mug, it kind of confuses you to some degree as to what you really need to be doing. Because if you watch the, like, from the film we watched last night, there's a lot of times where, like, and Connor Williams too, he's tripping too. Like, I, I really believe, like, he's he's venturing to go help Hunt. And Hunt's trying to help the right tackle. You got three guys going to one side and leaving Eichenberg, who is clearly the, the least you know what I'm saying? The, the least equipped guy up front to deal with somebody one-on-one, he left by himself. But all both, both of these guys are looking to help the guy and overextending themselves. And it's causing even more chaos. You feel yeah. me? Like, yeah. watch Connor every time he go directly to Hunt. Hunt don't need you. Eichenberg needs you. But I think that has a lot to do with the fact that he played left guard. So he's naturally going to help the center. Yeah. That's the idea. He had to do a lot of that, and, and Williams keeps doing that. We talked about that, right? Over Williams keeps sliding over. to his right, helping yes. Hunt instead of Eichenberg, who needs the help. Right. And am I wrong, Richmond? But you know, some of those, some of those, no, some of those habits, man, they become so ingrained. Yeah, but those are habits that that should be addressed on the sideline in between series, and it shouldn't take you that long to pick it up to say, okay. We knew we would slide our protection if, if you had a monster over, even like a lot of times we, we we played Buffalo. We would slide to Bruce, you know, this and that. You know, you slide to that protection to that side. If we play Reggie, this and that. You give a guy help where we need this and that. And a lot of times, even if it was an interior guy, uh, sometimes you had a back check and make sure before he gets out of just a little chip box. So, uh, but that that's the conversation, and I don't know if Eichenberg is um, man enough to step up to say, "Hey, man, you know," because we would look at the yeah. Chiefs like the quarterback, but we had the end zone copy where we we didn't. I don't need to see what the receivers and out. It was just the the five aside between the tackle and tackle box. Right. And if you see it continually happening, then you continue to go away from that. I'm like, either you trying to set me up for failure or what? I'm like, bro, what's up? You know. And I'm sure the coach should say something too. So that doesn't make sense to me. If that's a guy that needs the help, that we find that's a way to kind of kind of help slow that guy. It. Maybe right. not on every play, but on as much as we could, we would help that guy out. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. And Williams was going relentlessly every time, religiously, right over the hunt. And Eichenberg left out there on the island and he man, he he failing. I mean, and it, and it, and it, and I feel I felt bad for him, but then I think myself like, no, he's grown man now, so now nah, I'm not gonna do it because I had to See, eventually. Is... Huh? You you're muted. You're muted, uh, Rich. Rich, you went mute. You're muted. 
but but I'm gonna look at it as and, and say, hey, I'm good. Let's help Eichenberg until we get this thing situated. But you know, we'll, we'll let's slide it over there. I can handle this guy here, this and that, and just go from there. So, yeah, yeah. Um, ball game. Yes, sir. Needham tears his Achilles. Big loss. Um, you know, um, Kadir Kahoo's hurt. I mean, it, it's we're down to like Justin Bethel's getting reps. Walking wounded, man. What are you thinking about this cornerback room, which we were already questioning the depth now with all these injuries piled up? Um, I know we got like this stretch where we can get healthy and we can probably still make it through. But, you know, the last six weeks, we're really going to need a far more healthy room. What are your thoughts going forward with all these injuries piling up? Because some of them are pretty significant. I, I mean, at, at this point, bro, you got to go out and find some help, man. And you got guys screaming on other teams saying that they don't want to be there anymore. Ain't no, ain't no, ain't no, ain't no point to it. If you're trying to win now, you got to go ahead and send something, send somebody, send something in a package deal to get mm-hmm. the guy. You know what I mean? William Jackson, right? That's what it was, right? William Jackson's out there asking to be traded from the commanders. Whoever else is out there, you know, at this point, you can't be picky. Beggars can't be choosers. You know what I mean? And we don't have no idea really when Jones is coming back. Needham's gone for the rest of the year. You know what I mean? Some of these other guys, like you said, can get healthy over the stretch, but that still doesn't alleviate the fact that you got Noah who's going to go out there now as a starter. Mm. Although he's my guy, I, I just don't necessarily have 100% faith that that's going to be the best thing because if the first mistake he makes could be the last mistake he makes. And then, you know what I mean? We right back to square one again. And, you know, he had a decent game. I'm not going to say he did it. You know, he got burnt. Got a DPI, you know what I'm saying? But then turn around and knocked away two passes. But I think it was just happenstance of bad ball placement because those were catchable balls by the receiver. But nevertheless, I'm not going to take that away from him. But health-wise, man, we are we are horrible right now. And I think a lot of this started with and will continue to be on the shoulders of Byron Jones because he didn't get a lot of credit for what he actually did. And if you really go back and look at how effective we were in the secondary, it was because he completely eliminated his target and allowed X to be truly the best version of himself and be able to freelance. And they allowed us to be aggressive, aggressive up front. Aggressive up front too, because then Holland didn't have to necessarily worry about trying to go back here and be the fill in guy for everybody else. You see what I'm saying? That's not Byron. You know what I mean? And that's why I think his, Play is also regressive yeah, because yeah. you take those two pillars and now you only got one. There's some deficiencies over in that other area, and you got to try to show that up. Especially when it's a carousel area. on that other side, yeah. you know, it's yeah. not even like one guy. Like yeah. I think, I think Holland would be fine if Trill Williams was over there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That one hurt too. You know, Trill that injury hurt big time, and so. Keon Crossin's battling an injury too, right? So Sweet it's guys, everywhere. Man. Speed guys always seem to pull up. I mean, he light, but at the same time, he fast as hell and quick twitch guy. But he run himself. He run himself ragged, and this happens across in every single year. Though he's been horrible at staying healthy every year he's been in the league, bro. Yeah, you know that was always my biggest thing with him: fast as hell, great athletic, great athleticism, but just no, no, no dog. Yeah, yeah. you know, no dog. Yeah. Um. <laughs> let me ask y'all uh do you think a mike gusecki trade is on the verge and i ask you this because first of all there was a, a report yesterday from jeremy fowler and one of the things that jeremy fowler said was the miami dolphins are in a weird spot with mike gusecki who is underused in coach mike mcdaniel's offense after 73 catches a year ago he has 15 through the first 60 games and through three uh, though three have gone for touchdowns, and he said sources say Miami is in the we're willing to listen phase with Gasecki, but isn't quite shopping and services to other teams. Execs I've talked to don't want much to do with his ten point nine million dollar franchise tag, and find it on my find it odd Miami placed a tag on him in March just to sit him on the bench. And then there was also um, an article from PFF. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, um, you know, it, you go all the way back in August, you know, they were even talking about, you know, and this is after the franchise tag and everything, you know, they were talking about how he was 
his name had been brought up to other teams. And that was back in August. So now you got Jeremy Fowler of ESPN saying this week it's, you know, he's hearing they're willing to listen reports back in August where we're willing to listen. First of all, do you see Gusecki trade happening? Cause I think it's going to have to be for better than a third. Cause you get that compensatory third pick if he walks anyways. Right. Um, but doesn't that kind of worry you guys that his market might be cooler than what people think if his name was brought up in August and now they're listening in October and we're not really hearing anything even being remotely close? I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, this was, I don't know. I mean, the, the team is in a really crazy space, right? Looking to hope that maybe somebody's going to, jump out there and, and, and do something crazy and send you something ridiculous for him. But, you know, when, when they actually go back and they look at the statistics, though, he really hasn't done much to stand out. You see what I'm saying? So that kind of kills a lot of what you might have had for value in him, especially considering now at this point, Kelly and Durham Smythe was actually used more than him. You know what I mean? But let me ask you this. You don't think you could lure a team like um, they've got some – like you don't think you could lure a team like the Packers to give up something? Like – a second round, they need help so badly right now for Aaron Rodgers. You don't think you get them to give you a second round pick or a lineman? Yeah, but they got, uh, you know, because they got could. nothing. Like Alan Lazard, bro, is like number one over there. You'd have, you'd have to, because they don't have anything to help Rodgers. Yeah, you'd have to have a team like that that definitely needed a, another uh threat to for Rogers, you know, like to throw the football to but I, really I think the thing is, I think well, he could be a big slaughter I, boundary guy for Rogers. I think Rogers could light it up with him for sure. And, and you gotta look at too the argument I would make if I was Miami trying to upsell him is I mean he hadn't had two of for three weeks. So yeah he only caught 15 passes. It's it's all in how you package it together. But I think mm-hmm. With like you said, Smite is being used more than Gasecki. Um, I think that's that's a position where they said maybe if we can up, you know, offload him, maybe bring in another lineman or another corner or, or something like that to kind of fill some areas that we truly have a need in that we're very thin in. So mm. um I could see him doing I'm not saying the team is gonna go for it, but when a team know you need something too, they could, like you well, said, reason. I think it'd take more than a third. So you might have. Well, to you know what my whole play with it. You know what my whole play would be, Richmond, because everyone knows I want to target Carolina for either their center, center Bradley Bozeman, and kick Connor to left guard, and I want to target Taylor Moten, the right tackle there. I would be trading Gesicki to get extra draft capital because I'm going to, I want to move it in one of those, in one of those moves, right. One of those trades, like his, his whole thing would be to kind of replenish my draft capital for next year. Um, because I, you know, I don't think you're going to get a player for Gusecki. I think you're going to get a draft pick. You know what I mean? Um, okay. now, you know, I think you're going to, ha- and I think you're going to have to give up a draft pick or two to get a player that we want to fix this, help fix this offensive line. So you might as well cut that in half with a draft pick back in the way of Gesicki, right? Um, that's just my thinking. Boys, two is officially back. Yes, sir. Okay, and he is set to face off with the returning Brian Flores. Um, just l- l- let's get into the Steelers week now. What, what, what are your guys' feelings on this whole – because I mean, I'm I'm so proud of our thumbnail. It's one of my favorite thumbnails we've uh, I've ever done. It looks beautiful. Um, but Tua Tagovailoa versus Brian Flores, like you know, I I think Tua is going to cook. I think this team is getting up for this game. I think this team's had this circled on the calendar since the offseason. The guys who were here last year. I mean, we know it's not just Tua. There's guys on both sides of the ball that don't like Brian Flores. What what are your guys' whole thoughts on Brian Flores returning to basically a franchise where there's still a lot of remaining hostility because of also what Flores filed against the team itself? Also, non-coincidentally, this is the week that Ross came off his official suspension too. So he's allowed to be in the facility, be around the team, and be in the building. What are your guys' uh, thoughts on Brian Flores returning to – Miami, the city he let down. 
I think I think uh, for as media wise, uh, they're definitely going to try to hype it up. They're going to bring up all the points and stuff. I don't know if they'll bring up disgruntled players, but definitely, you know, the lawsuit against um, the Miami Dolphins, this and that. I'm sure they'll ask Tua about it, how he feels about his coach and stuff like that. But he's always been – he's not going to let nothing out the bag. If, however he feels, he's going to say the correct things in the, in the media. So he's not going – uh, give the Steelers anything, billboard material, something to get him a spark to do that. That he's not that. Now some of these other guys, you, you put the mic in the in the right person's face, and, <laughs> you know, they're gonna tell it how it is. But um, uh, I think I think if I'm Coach McDaniel's, I tell my players don't get caught up in the hype. Let's get back to doing things the right way. Let's get a win up under our belt and let's get our momentum going back like we were. We're starting to get some guys back healthy, this and that, and that will be my focus. But don't play into all the drama, this and that, because I'm sure Wednesday, Thursday, and uh, those two media days, maybe a little bit Friday, that's all I want to be asking. What are your feelings about, you know, you're going to face Coach Flores? Coach Flores is not the head coach. He's a linebacker coach, and I'm sure he's going to coach his guys up, and I'm sure he's going to kind of play it the same way. So, but I do think those questions will be asked. And I, I I don't know how many people actually say how they feel, but I think some guys are going to be hyped up for this game. I agree with you on that too, especially if they didn't like Coach Flores. They're going to say, oh, yeah, we need we need to put some pain on them and, and let's go out there mm. and, and show them. Yeah. I think it's um, – I, I agree with everything you just said, Richmond. I think these guys are going to probably do something we don't anticipate them doing. They're going to be highly professional about this. Look at it as just another opponent that they got to go through the whole process of um, beating on the field, you know, and then reserve use how they feel about him to what was that? The few themselves, right? But keep it classy, you know what I mean? Because the last thing we need to do is be out there acting like you know what I'm saying, acting like a bunch of jabronis just because this guy now at this point is over there, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. The last thing, the only thing I can recall is like what they did to us in that playoff game when they beat the crap out of us. Oh. But, you know, you most of these players weren't around for that, so they don't even remember that. So yeah. it's just it's just business as usual. But it will be, you know, obviously great to be able to um, see him, beat him, and then send him home. So, I mean, Tua probably has the most motivation, but I think he's going to keep it 100% classy and just um, go about it the right way. And not allow himself to get caught up in everybody else's foolishness, you know. Let me ask you all this: ball game from a coaching perspective, Richmond from an NFL player perspective. Put yourself in two his shoes for a sec. Would you all be worried about him knowing player and defensive weaknesses, how to attack you, or is it? Are you not worried because it's a totally new offense? Uh, but even still, do you think where you'd be worried about how him knowing to attack this defense because it's basically, you know, his baby, what he built with Boyer? I think it's, I think it's more. I'll take this with you. You can you can. Um, okay. I think it's more, and that would be that would be easier for him to do if Tua was indeed the same player that he was when he was here, but he's mm-hmm. not. You yeah. know what I mean? There's been a lot of things about Tua that have completely changed. And I think he's way better version than Flores remembers. And, you know, at the end of the day, Flores is a position guy. So his his remembering, uh, you know, his 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 memories of tour ain't gonna really help them with the new version in which he is. You see what I'm saying? But on the flip side, yeah, he can know how to attack the defense, but in the same sense, do you have the guys to do it? Yeah, and Trubisky or Pickett, I don't know about that. Yeah, Pickett and Claypool and I don't know who Johnson is. The yeah, other Deontay Johnson. Yeah, yeah. So they got my boy uh, George Pickens too. Yeah, George Pickens. Yeah, but you know those 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 young guys who are prone to prone to mistakes. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I think as long as you got some of our guys somewhat healthy, we're still a better defense than their offense. I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. It's not even close. So yeah. Richmond, what are your thoughts on that? Put yourself into his position, like. My, my- yeah, my, my thoughts is um, if I was Brian Flores, it, it might be a couple things you can say about Tua, but I, I, I would 
I would go with the obvious. I would go with attacking the the, the offensive line with the interior stunts. They hadn't fixed it. It's been three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. And on any quarterback, what's the thing you want to do? You want to get pressure. And you don't always – it can come from outside. But with the way we, we've had issues picking up stunts, hey, let's, let's keep giving them a heavy dose of that. If they can't pick it up – that's going to force, you know, the quarterback out of there. And, and I think he knows the last thing he want to do is get to a hurt again. So, yeah, I would – I think we'll see a lot of stunts. It might even be, like, interior tackles with a linebacker, you know, mixed in there to where, you know, back possibly has to pick him up. So, I think we'll see some stunts to see if this offensive line has actually fixed that. If we hadn't fixed it, I think it would definitely be exposed. And that, that's what he was – he would be looking at to try to expose that. Unless we, you know, to have hurt him on some some passes, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, that that if I was a coach, I would be looking at okay, offensive line, they got some issues. That's what we need to tackle. Where's the weak spot? Enough guard. Okay, what are they having issues with this year? Okay, let's see if they're gonna pick it up. If they they hadn't fixed it in three weeks, let's see if they fix it this week. Um, you know, do you do you, do you guys do you guys anticipate both? You're talking about the stunts. Uh, let's talk about this offensive line. Do y'all both anticipate Armstead and Austin Jackson to be back this week? Um, Jackson didn't practice today, but I know that, that he was pushing to go last week, so I think it's just extra, just keeping him out a little bit extra. I've heard that the plan is for them both to be back this week. That's why two is a full go this week as well. Um, what If Jackson isn't a go, you look at a guy like Brandon Shell. he only allowed – two pressures when he was at his natural position last week, kicked back from left tackle to right tackle where he's actually like, you know, where he's actually comfortable. If Jackson can't go, would you guys be comfortable with Brandon shell? Um, kick that right tackle and Armstead at left tackle. You, you could try. Um, like you say, you know, Greg Little, you, you know, he has the issue with his hand, which that is a challenge. You could always put Shell out there um, and give him a shot at it. Um, like I say, it's a it's a, um, it's a Sunday night game, this and that. So this is a primetime game. The Ooh. good thing is it's not T.J. Watt over there. Yeah, you know, that's that, it. That he's out, be, right? Yeah, yeah, he's out. So, um, but, you know, guys know if you, if you play, play well in the primetime games, Come ten and vote for the Pro Bowl All Pro. You show the league what you can do. So um, I give him a shot at it. If not, you can always go back to little bit. That would be something I would consider if he's played pretty good over there because we we need to have the best five out there um, mm-hmm. to protect that quarterback and kind of get back into a rhythm and get this offense flowing and say, okay, when we're healthy, this is what we look like. But when we don't have the guys we need, we see it's a huge drop off. And uh, we need the, the best five out there on the, on the offensive line that we can get. Stop Najee, make pickets, beat you. Um, let me let me ask you guys about this though. Um, Sunday night football, Flores mm-hmm. returning, two is back. Big game, big game. Um, but you know we're a team that. You know, this means a little bit extra because we don't get a lot of Sunday night primetime games, Mm-mm. right? Um, you know, we've we've actually, um, I believe, you know, we've been scheduled for three, but we had, um, sorry, we're scheduled for four, but we had one flexed out in 2009 for a Vikings-Cardinals game. So we've actually, since they changed the whole format, in what 2006 i believe for sunday night football we've actually only been on it three times um we don't get a lot of chances in sunday night football um man am i the only one who's like you know my hair stands on on its end just thinking about it like am i the only one who's like okay i get it we're 500 but it's a clean slate we got 11 games to go ahead and basically leave our mark and it starts on Sunday night football against a returning coach whom a lot of us don't like, let alone we can imagine how some of these flight players feel. I mean, this is one we had circled preseason. How are y'all feeling that like just you know, it's almost electric the feeling about going to Sunday night football, man. How are you guys feeling about that? I wanted to get your thoughts because we 
you know, since we've been doing this show, guys, we're almost, you know, we're just a little over 80 episodes, I believe. We've never done it for a primetime Sunday Night Football game, right? So nope. uh, how, how, how are you guys feeling about, you know, you know, letting the games get out of the way and then the whole nation gets to watch Tua come back and us lay a licking to Flores and the Pittsburgh Steelers? I mean, aren't y'all excited? I- I think I, I think I think that's the most important thing. I think, like you said earlier, you and ball game said we're three and three. So a lot of people are questioning whether the Dolphins were for real or not, and a lot of people are not taking into consideration that you know we've had this quarterback musical chair system where you know being and out. We've lost a, a starter for a couple of weeks, but we get to a back, and this offense gets clicking, and he feeds Waddle. Um, Heal, feeds those guys, and, and show the playmaking ability this offense has. Uh, not only it shows the fans, but it shows other teams that possibly got to come and play against us and say, hey, when Tua's in there, this is a different team. Yeah, and if, if they give him time, you know, you're dealing with a legitimate uh, playoff contender. And I, I think that's the thing is getting guys back, getting them healthy, this and that. And if we can kind of solidify this offensive line. And like you say, the defense, it, it was a huge difference with X in there this week versus the previous week. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, hopefully another week or two we get Jones back. That's going to strengthen that up. That's going to free Holland up. It's, it's, we could we could peak at the right time. But I think we need to get this going back in the right direction this week. So it would be – this is a perfect way to kind of – put the league on notice and put people on notice that now they are for real. They just had some injuries because I know a lot of people question that. A lot of people say, yeah, they was hot coming out, but yeah, they hadn't done it in three weeks. And so this and that, but that, and, and it's a Sunday night game. So hey, I, I, they might have all aqua on or whatever, you know, normally teams. No, we're going where, throwbacks. We're going throwbacks. throwbacks. Okay. Throw it back. Well, yo, because they're celebrating about. the, the celebrates if they're celebrating oh, the, the 50th anniversary of the 72 team right. where we're even wearing right. a 70, a 70, a, a 50 anniversary patch. They released Sweet. the Jersey on, on their social media today. And funny enough, it was Armstead's the number 72 um, ball game. Your thoughts and an interesting thing based off of what uh, Richmond said there for a sec, you know, X, he shut down Justin Jefferson and, and they had to scheme Jefferson away from him to get yeah. him open. Um, but anyways, your thoughts on prime time because you want to hear something, Bogum? Let's take it down memory lane for a sec here. Check this one out. I'll, I'll set you up for a home run, all right? So we've, <laughs> we've played three times since they changed the format in 2006, all right, on, on Sunday Night Football. The first time we played in 2000, it was against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it was also Dante Culpepper was his first game in a Dolphins uniform. It was him and Nick Saban um, against Charlie Batch and the Steelers, and we lost. Mm. Well, Anyways, your thoughts of primetime. I think, it's, I think it's always important for us to be able to steal moments and to be the feature game on Sunday. Um, where there's been so much scrutiny around number one and him being back. Um, I think they're going to be up for this game. I think he's going to do everything in his power to ensure that we get the W and he's not going to disappoint. And that will put the rest of the league and anyone that has any questions about whether Tua is the heart and soul of this offense or the driving force behind this offense, put that to rest. And then they get to see that the Dolphins are serious. And this offense is something that you really got to go get your – game planning properly done for, you know, I think for me, um, anytime you can come out of the shadows, well, I would say be talked about, but then people get to actually see you, you know what I mean? And you be the only one that they get to focus on. That's always good publicity. And um, I'm just hoping that, you know, um, this week's preparations are taken seriously, you know, and the guys that we getting back, you know, you know, can help us tremendously pull out the W, you know, I don't want to get too excited, but at the same time, you know, I, I wouldn't love for nothing more than to come out of that game, you know what I'm saying, with the W and a really convincing win. Not just a win by a couple points, but like hang, you know, hang two or three solid scores on them, you know what I'm saying, the distance yourself to say, listen, you know what I'm saying, y'all got some work to do. 
we're a little bit further along than y'all, but we got a dis- we got a destination that don't have anything to do with y'all right now. We done with y'all. See y'all later, type of thing, you know. So, what are you guys' thoughts before we get into final thoughts and prediction here? What are you guys' thoughts on this Kenny Pickett situation? Because he got concussed and put into protocol on Sunday, and he's already been cleared oh, and he's already been cleared. practicing. Yeah, it. Uh, I, I'm I'm a hundred percent convinced that all of the things that have happened to us, all the way down to you know them restricting tour and holding them out and keeping them out. I mean, we did the PR thing right so that nobody wouldn't beat us up for putting them back in and whatnot because they accused us of doing that. But in the same sense, they're punishing us, right? They're punishing us because the owner and the owner decided that he wanted to do the best thing he could to get himself a winning situ put, put himself in a winning situation, and the league is really. Just being petty as hell because how can you have this kid in protocol come Sunday and then it's just wins and he already cleared? Like, come on, man. Really, truthfully, if you're really talking about it, it's the same thing. Like, they're picking and choosing who they want to protect at the same time, picking and choosing who they want to punish because T. Higgins was jacked up on the sideline a couple weeks ago and they, they didn't protect him at all. You see what I'm saying? But – you let it be the Dolphins who got smacked on the hand for tampering and all this other stuff with Ross. Oh, well, you're, you're quarterback. You know what I'm saying? All this is just a bunch of BS to me. I, I think across the board, they're never going to be fair. You just got to go out, shoot them in the face. You know what I mean? There ain't going to be no fair one. You just got to go out and punch people in the face, man, and just make them recognize you for who you truly are and say, you know what? I'm not apologetic about kicking your ass. It is what it is. Everybody trying to win. So, you know, uh, they apologize is over. You punished us. We moving on from it. All this other petty shit, man. Forget it, man. It is what it is. Mm. I don't care about that no more. We trying to win just like everybody else is. And the fact of the matter is, across across the NFL, thirty two teams all looking to try to do the same thing, get better every year, and be in the last game played and win that game to bring the, the glory back to their fans and to their, you know, what I'm saying, and to mm-hmm. their home cities and yeah. I'm not, I'm not gonna be mad at I'm not gonna be mad at Ross for trying to do something that way. You know what I'm saying? I just mm. he's gotta be smart about it. You can't yeah, tell exactly. me Jerry Jones and some of these others ain't out here doing the same thing. You just can't just you just gotta be smart about how you do oh, it. Oh, there's dysfunction going on right now. They're calling out Dan Snyder and he's responding. Yeah. It's dysfunction city. Um, did you guys also hear Steve Smith today? He said he's never seen anyone as fast as Tyreek Hill at the wide receiver position, but then he questioned Tyreek's hands. I didn't see that. I didn't see that. Yeah. And so, anyways, um, anyways, I'm gonna give you guys a chance, final thoughts and predictions. But before, I'll give you guys a, something to talk about in your final thoughts. I wanted to, you guys to hear what um, Fitzpatrick said about Brian Flores today on Rich Eisen. All right. So let me know if you guys can hear it, and we're all good. But Sunday night, we're all going to be watching the Steelers Good. and the Dolphins um, on a scale of one to ten. Brian Flores and Tua Tungo Vailoa together on the same field in the same house. We're Miami, and we all know what's going on there. What, what's the awkward meter? One to ten, Brian. What do you got for me on that? Well, one? I, I think I think they will avoid an interaction. I, I don't think hmm. you'll get your handshake or your your bro hug before or after the game. Um, I, I think it's an important game for Tua. Yes, he's because. You know, Brian Flores is on the other side. I'm sure Brian's going to, um, you know, say this is what we need to do to this kid, this, this, and this. But, you know, for Tua and, again, what we saw Sunday versus the Bills and then that Thursday night game following with the, the concussions and the fencing posture and all that, for him to come back, hopefully, you know, being completely healthy and being able to get through the season without any more concussions, I think everybody's going to be dialed in and is rooting for him just to be able to stay healthy for the rest of the year. Well, I mean, uh, I know this sounds like a tea spilling question, but uh, whatever you're willing to share, what was happening back then when two was drafted, you're there, you're playing, he's in Flores was making a decision. It seemed like there was a, that was a tip and there was an iceberg underneath. Is that a fair assessment to say? Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, even as quarterback, uh, and on the front lines and in some of those meeting rooms, you still never really know what exactly was going on behind the scenes. But, um, you know, I, I've been in that situation quite a bit where they drafted to a high, obviously it was going to be my team until they felt like he was ready. And that was the COVID year. Our buy got moved, I think up from maybe week 11 to week six. And so, you know, the natural, 
whether it's after a Thursday night game where you get the 10, 11 days, or it's after, you know, a buy where you can put a young kid in and start planning and get a cheat and get a few extra days. That's probably when it was going to happen all along. Um, it was just tough because there was some stuff too. It wasn't ready for, it wasn't prepared to go out and do, but that being said, at the quarterback, I think some of it you could point to that year and putting him in. You know, the problem is we went 10 and six and there were some guys on that team that felt like, you know, maybe I gave a better chance to win, but uh, long-term for the Dolphins, that was the better move for them to do. Sure. But he and uh, I guess Flores were, were not copacetic or were you just sort of in between? <laughs> I mean, what was it going on? Did you yeah. Do- I, you know, and some of that got worse um, after I left. Right. You know, there's just there was an influx of offensive coordinators and they continued to change play callers and nobody was ever really good enough for the head coach. But uh, Tua, I think, did a good job through all of that of battling through, of working hard, putting his head down. And I think this year he's been able to see the other side of it a little bit with a coach in Mike McDaniel that completely 100% believes in him mm. as, a, as a player, loves him as a person. And you've seen the results early for Tua and, you know, how that mental part, just giving him some confidence uh, has really translated on the field. So, I mean, it was clearly evident that, I mean, he said there's going to be no handshakes. There's going to be no really love. They're going to avoid each other. And there was problems when he was there, but it got worse when, got he, worse left. when he left. And notice what he said. None of the coordinators were good enough for the head coach. Did you notice? Did you hear that? When he said that, I was like, oh, yeah, exactly. Um, So, guys, final thoughts on that and your game predictions for Tua's return in primetime this Sunday. Yeah, um, I I think for me is um, definitely happy that Tua is back and getting back in the starting role as a quarterback. That definitely gives us the best chance to win. Um, I would like to see this offensive line play a a lot more consistent and play better. I'd like to see Armstead and Jackson back in the the lineup and put the best five guys out there because I just know how important it is to protect your quarterback. And when you give him protection, we've seen what he can do. I mean, we've seen the production. You know, I, I know Waddle and Hill and the rest of those receivers, they'll definitely be happy that he's back out there and it gives us the best chance to win. So um, I'm going to say two of plays. I don't know about the offensive line, but uh, two of plays, I, I, I believe we win this game. I believe it's low scoring based on um, uh, quarterback play from you know, the Steelers. is not very great for basically this and that. But um, I'm going to go 21-10 if Teron Armstead and Jackson plays. Um, you can add another six, seven points, 27, 13, something like that. But I think I think we can score 21-10 with, you know, maybe not one of those guys playing with both of them playing. You know, we can at least put up, you know, 26, 27 points. So 21-10 or 27, 13, something like that. Uh, just depending on who we got in the offensive line, that's my prediction. I think Dolphins, everybody Dolphins win. I'm sorry. I think if everybody comes out as predicted and um, they play up to the level that we expect them to play in terms of guys up front, um, mm-hmm. even if they move Jackson inside and start little at right tackle or whatever the case may be, Shut I up. think I think I think we good. I think this offense with Tua at the helm can put up 35 points. So yeah, I agree. Um, I think we can um, let him up. Yeah, so I'm gonna go 35. I'm gonna go 35, 14. Right. Mm. Um, We're doing that because Najee. You know, what I mean, later. You know, Najee. Yeah, yeah. You know, but for the most part, I think it's not gonna be close. I think it's gonna be. They, they're all looking at this to be a statement game. You know, and with you know with Uno back at the helm. You know, and they, got, they got to go out and show and prove. So yeah, you know, got everybody, everybody. And Balkan, can we get some turnovers for the love of God? Well, Pickett, he should be able to yeah, get Yeah, but I thought couple. we'd get them off Zach Wilson, brother. Yeah. Do you know Xavier Howard has one interception this last nine games? Just saying. Well, I, we need some turnovers, boys. We need some turnovers, please. I got us winning as well. I'll save my score prediction for Friday night on Finside the NFL when I fully dive in 
and preview this game. Man, let's go. Let's go. It's finally two is back. Yeah. It's prime time. It's a beautiful thing. And you know what? Like, I kind of want McDaniel to get you also a part of y'all wants wants McDaniel to get that win just so he can rub it even more into into uh Flores' face. And that's another reason why I hope you're right ball game because I hope it's an offensive showing and Flores gets to see what a real offense looks like. Um, and you know, whether it's Trubisky or Kenny Pickett, I ain't worried. I mean, we should be able to handle that. And our run defense has shown enough where if they're not going to get decent quarterback play, Najee Harris is probably going to get shut down by us. So I don't think you know, the, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I don't think the Steelers defense has quite the talent level that the Jets no, defense has. Neither so. do I. I mean, yeah, I'm not worried. I think we should be able to slice and dice. Um, all right, guys, I appreciate each and every one of y'all for tuning in, whether you're watching live on YouTube um, or whether you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to us on the podcast and network, Believe. Shout out to all of y'all. Thank you for continuing to support. I will be live on Friday night at 8 o'clock on Finside the NFL to preview the Dolphins and Steelers game further in depth. Um, guys, appreciate all y'all, and we will see you guys next week right back here at the finish line. Until then, everyone, please stay happy, healthy, safe, and blessed. Enjoy the company of your loved ones. Indeed. And as always, fins up fins all day, up. every day, baby. We'll see y'all on the next one. Go fins. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.